Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. While housing, of course, remains an ongoing concern, we want to talk about the issues um, and the facilities, the amenities to try and service young people in this country in a lot of housing estates. It's a prominent issue. Um, the infrastructure often afforded to young people. Is it fit for purpose or could we do better in this area? Michael McLaughlin is from Youth Work Ireland and he's with us on the line today. Michael, just first of all, do you think of the services, we have sufficient services for young people in cities? Well, I think as a youth organisation working on the ground, we'd have to say no. Uh, I think, look, there has been improvements, you know, in, in, in the field of youth services, but, you know, it's a long, long history. We're originally, we were we were volunteer organisations, for example, and then the state came in and sort of brought in funding, a bit like we have with schools and hospitals and all that kind of thing, so we start getting more professional. But I think the simple answer to the question is, no, we could do we could do a lot more. The total budget for youth services, just dedicated youth services in Ireland, is about $60 million. But if you look at you know education, health, these are way, way up there in the billions, 15, 16 billion. So the youth service itself and the frontline service for young people is very, very small. What do you regard as sufficient facilities, though? Well, yeah, that's a good question. I think that's probably something that I would say, you know, local authorities in partnership with maybe people like ourselves and others should be saying, well, what is a standard in terms of how far you have to go? And you get into all sorts of other complex issues around planning and transport and you know, when we built housing estates, when we built new communities on the edges of cities and towns, we didn't really take that into account. That has improved a little bit recently. But I think, as you say there, there are still uh, huge issues. I mean, you will have sometimes, for example, our we member youth services around the country. They'll often have, they'll have an old premises maybe in the centre of the town or a community facility, but the people might be living in a different part. Or we have new uh, communities, new towns all around. Dublin now, you know, Port Leash, uh, in Mead, in Kildare, you know, commuter towns. And they're, they have a really, you know, they're very, quite poorly served, actually, to be honest. And, and in fairness, I think, you know, some of the decision makers are trying to address that, but it takes a lot of time. Uh, Mark Fay from the North Wall Community Association is on the line as well, Michael. Mark, just from the Dublin perspective, what's your opinion on the facilities that are offered to young people in the city? Um, well, I suppose that uh, it it depends really on um, you know different different communities uh, different communities kind of would have different problems and some would have more kind of intensified problems than others you know um, like in in the uh, in the northeast of our city um, like over the last say four or five years uh, we've been kind of a uh, Kind of blessed in a way um, uh, with uh, the uh, the NEIC, which was kind of created um, uh, with the eruption of uh, the Kinahan Hutchfield that happened around 2016, and uh, it concentrated a lot of minds in regards to a lot of the uh, the uh, uh, social disadvantage and anti-social stuff that was happening. Um, I mean, I'm based in the the Sheriff Street North Wall several place area. Um, and like, even though we would be kind of considered as possibly uh, uh, being very advantaged given our close proximity to the likes of the IFSC, um, and we do, and, and we do have a lot of services. We several, uh, we have a couple of uh, five or so pitches. We have community halls. We have a boxing club. We have a GAA club. Um, the one thing that we are lacking 
uh, and the one thing that is kind of uh, is urgently required uh, is early year services um, uh, uh, for education. I mean, at the end of the day, if you're going to try and steer kids away um, from drugs and crime and all that kind of stuff, you know, you need to try and get them as early as possible. And all the stats are there, and all the reports are there from the age of two upwards to the likes of, you know, when they're in the crash. You know, services like that are absolutely vital because there comes a stage in a kind of a choice life where it's possibly too late to get them back um, from kind of behaviours that they've kind of picked up, whether it be on the street or at home or whatever. And, um, like, in regards to services at the moment in the, in the general service street area, we're missing a crash that we lost two years ago. Uh, that was housed in uh, in the old police house basement. Um, we also uh, we had a prep year service, which was vital because the kids coming from the crash say at four would transition into the school and it would get them get them early. Um, we had the space up until about maybe four months ago in the newly refurbished school that we got. Um, but with the influx of the Ukrainian refugees and all the children that we took, which we gladly took, that space is gone. Um, so like. When you talk about disadvantages and you talk about services, like youth clubs are one thing. We have Swan Youth Service that operate around the inner mm. city in general. It's early years. You really need to pump the money into the likes of the crashes on the ground. Get the kids in there. Focus on the education, the literacy, the numeracy. You know, breaking break the cycle. Um, that's that. That to me is the most kind of important thing, you know. Just on some of the texts coming in, actually, Mark, already on this, this listener says there's nothing for young lads to do. You see them hanging around the estate, totally bored. If there was even a youth club or something to keep them entertained, it'd be great. Like, Michael, you're working in a nationwide capacity. I assume this isn't just a, a city issue. No, it's 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 a, it's, it's complicated. And I, I think it, Mark makes some really good points there. I think... The, the relationship with the school is critical. You know, there's only so much that youth projects and clubs can do. You know, we have a limited budget, we have limited coverage. The school is where the vast majority of young people go, but of course we know that young people at markets are leaving school. You know, loads of, the majority of people do well. They go on to really leave but they follow the traditional path. But about 20% of people don't. And that's where the real problem is. And we still haven't really got the grips with that. These people leave school and they, like, texture say that's kind of on the street they don't need anywhere to go they kind of maybe go through unemployment or you know, internships low paid jobs training uh, and, and youth services are doing our best to work with that group but we need a much better response from all the state agencies you know, schools education I think it's good that local authorities put in facilities like you know youth centres and places like in the north and the city but then who goes in there who populates them who runs them who looks after them the local authorities are quite good at at the pushing the building, where the building is only half story, what happens to the building and how you link it. Okay. Uh, another text in from a listener who says there's no playgrounds in a five kilometre radius of our estate absolutely nothing for kids to do there did, there was or there used to be one actually when I was younger but Vandals got at it it was never replaced says this texter uh, another listener who's got in touch to say on the lack of facilities discussion on the one hand we're constantly hearing about the lack of staff and pubs and restaurants and now we're hearing that young people are bored I don't know Mark do, do you have a view on that? Um, well, again, like, uh, and like, uh, you know, listen to Michael, he said something interesting there, you know, like, there are only, like, not every kid 
will get involved in whether it be a sports activity or whether it be kind of something else, you know. Like, possibly the biggest problem that we have now, and as like I mentioned it earlier on with what happened back in 2016, mm. but, like, the whole drugs issue, like, I'm the chairperson of the ACRG, the aftercare recovery group, the operating several place, the maximum space uh, uh, group, you know, there's, there's, there are still massive problems, massive problems within uh, these communities in regards to drugs and intimidation and all that kind of stuff, you know. And, like, there is a certain group of kids that you don't have to kind of, you know, uh, sort of drag too much or have a choice too much for them to get involved. There are a group of kids that will need a bit more coaching into these kind of clubs and that. And then there's a kind of a group that basically, you know, are just kind of untouchable, as I say, when they get to that kind of age. You know, it really, really, like, needs to go back, as I say. If you can get kids as early as possible and get their minds focused on the things other than kind of vandalism and crime. Like, I mean, like, I can tell you stories about kids maybe that I say on the street from maybe four or five years of age upwards, basically found out the house, there you go, without them do what you like, you know. Now, if the likes of them kids are still smashing up cars and whatever else from the 12 and 13, you know, and you come along and you give them a smack in the back of the head and say, well, you shouldn't be down there. They'd say, well, what's your problem? I'm doing this in some four or five. No one else gives a damn about it then. So, you know, intervention, intervention is the key here, you know. Um, and again, the one thing I'd say, I know, you, you know, these people talking about lack of playgrounds and that, it's all about pressure. And at the end of the day, things will only get put into communities through the politicians and through people putting pressure on the local politicians. Your local councillors are elected to represent you, whether it be Dublin Central or Dublin North Central or whatever. You know, people need to come together, form a group and put pressure on these people who are paid to represent you and get the funding and demand it. And if you need to, if you need to get out and do whatever block rows or whatever we had to do years ago, uh, I mean we had to read a situation where we were recording a set of traffic lights on the main road and several place for years. We couldn't get it. I heard they're going to have a discussion on speed ramps. Yeah, that's another thing I'm missing. And you continually get these replies from different kind of groups. You know, within whether it be Dublin City Council or whatever. No, that doesn't meet this quota. That doesn't meet that quota. At the end of the day, people power can do an awful lot. And if people in communities are really looking for stuff, I'd advise them, get together, form a group, and get out on demand, fight for your kids, fight for your service, okay. you know. Uh, Ju- and when you put the pressure on, at the end of the day, everything is all about votes. Right, people power. Michael, just a final point. Is the volunteer culture still alive and well here? Yeah, I think it is. We do have a lot of volunteers who are involved in clubs and projects, but increasingly, maybe because of the issues Mark's talking about, you do need more like a professional type response, people who are able to deal with maybe challenging behaviour and difficult situations like that. And that has meant that, I suppose, the state and the government is now the dominant kind of player in, in even in the youth sector in terms of funding and what we do and sometimes telling us what we should be doing. And the old voluntary, the old volunteers are still there. They tend to run youth clubs and smaller activities. Uh, but sometimes we feel there's a little bit of a kind of a two-tier system that those, yeah, the funded and so-called professional work uh, takes priority and I think that is a little bit of a pity and something we do try and address 
Michael um, McLaughlin from Youth Work Ireland and also as well Mark Fay from the North Wall Community Association. Thanks to you both for joining us on the programme today. There's a lot of reaction actually um, to this particular issue. There's a need for more funding for sports and drama clubs to keep kids entertained, give them an outlet, says this listener. This texter says, I live in Kildare, there's plenty of clubs to join but nobody can afford to be involved in them. The football's €120, Euro, the gas 160 the parents are already uh, hard pushed, says this texter. Uh, this listener says we can't have all of the parents working and local activities in communities. Those days and willing people on the ground are long gone. And this listener says we formed a group in Enniskerry to get our own playground. People need to be more, they used to, or they need to use more get up and go, says this texter. Get together, make things happen, stop waiting for everybody else to solve the problems. Well, that was Mark's point there just a, a few moments ago as well. 53106, keep those messages coming into us, are there enough facilities for young people in towns and cities across the country? Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Brought to you by Avant Money. Weekdays at midday on News Talk.